What is happening, everyone? Con here, and welcome to Unplayable. It is Open Championship Week, which, in my mind, is the best week of the golfing year. The majors rock around four times a year, and for me, this is certainly the best of the lot. I'm joined by Cooper, Joe, and Dave, and we're going to discuss the golf course at Royal Liverpool or Hoylake, as it's called. We'll talk through the favourites for the week, the Irish chances. Um, both Dave and Joe are going to be at Hoylake um, this week which will be brilliant, I'm sure. Um, but, Joe, before we get to the Open, we have to talk a bit about the Scottish Open because that was possibly the best finish to a golf tournament that I've seen in a very long time. Yeah, yeah, it was a little uh, treat before the, the Open kicked off itself, I think. Um, another great advertisement for Lynx Golf as well. With the with the conditions that were there, particularly over the weekend with the with the wind on uh, on Sunday, um, yeah, couldn't have, couldn't have gone better really. Uh, well, I mean, I was I was torn on Sunday as well. Who I actually wanted to uh, to lift it, but I'm never going to be disappointed when when Rory uh, wins, particularly given the week that it is. Um, yeah, and what a finish! I mean. He absolutely won the tournament in the end. I think, you know, McIntyre shot an unbelievable 64. I think I think the closest score was the 166 and then there might have been 167. And then, you know, there was only a handful of 13 lads under par, I think, for Sunday. So that was a phenomenal score. But Rory's last two holes, the um, the five iron into 17, um, unbelievable shot. And then, obviously... The, the two iron into the 18. I've, I've watched that video about, you know, 50 times, I'd say. The one from behind when you can just see it taken off. It's, 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 um, it seems like it's only him that can do it as well. Like the way he hits the ball is, it's just amazing every time. Uh, but yeah, unbelievable. I thought when he missed the putting 16 that he might be. In a spot of bother, given his putting in big moments over the last year, you know, you go back to the Open, you go back to the US Open recently, and he's he's kind of he's had chances, and you know, um, you know, hasn't really taken them at times. So for him to go and roll in that put on seventeen, and then obviously that helped with the with the put on eighteen. Not sure he thought he was going to hold that put in eighteen. To be fair, he stood off it straight, like almost straight away, uh, but. Hit you know clearly hit a hit a good put in the end, and um, yeah, I think it's the one time you'll see bit, like subdued reactions to a Rory, um, to a Rory win. Obviously the the home crowd were up for were up for Bob, uh, rightly so. But um, yeah, I think it's I think it's great, um, great win for Rory, uh, and I think those couple of puts going in will really really help him. Uh, this week uh, there's you know a couple of people saying like you know was it a good thing bad thing you know expectation I think expectations up regardless of what he does if he comes second it's it's worse if he kind of goes out in the final group and doesn't win um, but I think yeah good um, good prep and he seems you know 
kind of pretty pumped about his chances as well as he, as he should be this week. It definitely was good prep, but Dave, just on the on the Bob McIntyre side of it, like Joe said, I'm 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 pretty much always up for Rory, but I found myself being a little bit torn. And like it was just so good when McIntyre hit that wood into the last, into whatever three or four feet. And then he had this moment when he was standing over the putt and he backs off. And I don't know if that was the wind or whether it was the nerves, but then he holds the putt and he does that like fist pump that would have gone down in, you know, video history for years had he held on. And I was looking at that saying, that is unbelievable. Fair play to him. He's won his home open in huge, dramatic fashion. And then obviously Rory comes along and makes the incredible birdie on 17, as Joe said. And then that two iron on the last was just absolutely outrageous. But you would definitely feel for Bob. Yeah, like it, it, it must have been difficult to take for sure because he didn't really do a whole lot wrong the entire day. Um, like he was he was bogey free until the 16th. I suppose if you were to be a little bit critical of him in that respect, he was probably ultra conservative on 16 with his third shot. He was just trying to. He was just trying to guide it in, I think, under the wind, and it came up short, and he couldn't get that up and down. But to bounce back with the, the birdie on 18, obviously his shot um, his shot into 18 would have been probably regarded as the shot of the year in the European Tour had Rory not eclipsed it half an hour later. Um, but I think the only thing, as, as I think McIntyre said himself on the range, when he was told that McIlroy had held the put on 18, I think he said something along the lines of, you know, you can't do anything about that. So it's not as if he threw it away. It was taken away from him by one of the greats of the game. Um, I mean, it's probably only, I think there's probably only a handful of players that have ever picked up a golf club in their lives that could hit the shot that McElroy did in Teddy and never mind uh, active players on tour at the moment. I mean, just even have even have the balls to take it on. Um, like it would have been very easy for McElroy to hit four iron just up to the front of the green, take his two puts, move on, take a playoff. And I think... I think 99.9% of people who've ever played golf in their in their lives would have done that. Um, so for him to take on the cut to iron under the wind um, and hit it to 10 foot and then hold the putt is just absolutely phenomenal. I think McIntyre, you know, I think McIntyre was um, was pragmatic enough to realise that he was just beaten by, by the better guy. Um, and obviously it'll be difficult for him to take in terms of his own home open, but also it, it, it could be it could be one of those things where you look back on and say that was the week that everything changed for McIntyre. Um, like he hasn't been having a great season. There was obviously talk of him um, getting on the Ryder Cup team earlier in the year uh, that had sort of kind of fallen to the wayside. But even by coming second in that, uh, in the Scottish Open, now he's up into the automatic places in 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 the in the Ryder Cup standings. Um, huge amount of world ranking points. Big step in terms of getting his PJ Tour card outright. And hopefully, you know, a big boost of confidence coming into this week. Um, with at Hoylake, because I mean, there's no re- there's no real reason why he couldn't why he couldn't play well this week. Um, clearly, he's clearly he's turned a corner with his game, and that had to be a big boost of confidence for him. And he just he seems like a he seems like a decent fella as well. He seems like pretty well grounded. There was some nice videos of him with his family afterwards, and and that kind of thing where they were kind of half consoling him, half. Have taken the piss out of him, so I think he probably seems to have a good, um, probably seems to have a good uh, structure around him. So, uh, yeah, incredibly, incredibly popular guy as well. So, you know, you you would hope to see a, another good finish and hopefully you kick on for the rest of the season from him. You'd um, yeah, you'd forget that 
that would have been a big deal from in terms of PGA Tour status um, by getting second place being being co-sanctioned. But uh, Cooper Joe alluded to it there earlier when he said, like, obviously Rory had the chances at US Open, didn't hit the shots when he needed to hit them, similar with the Open last year at St. Andrews. Like, at those events, he kind of tried to play the steady card and, and and not do anything dramatic whereas this was the complete opposite now if you're being cynical you could say when the real pressure is on in the majors he, he can't hit those shots but then when it's like a, a scottish open where it's clearly the stakes aren't as high he can just produce the goods yeah like it's he, he's obviously done he's done some amazing things whether it's obviously last week or, or nice like kind of close out these competitions that aren't majors but I think Dave said it there. It's the fact that he took it on at all is admirable and shows that, yeah, just I guess that he just kind of well, obviously, he's one of the best players in the world, he's one of the best ball strikers to ever live. So, like, he, it's in the bag, but to, to actually go and do it instead of obviously take a, take a playoff against, yeah, well, someone at the time who had as said as well, like, um, hasn't been having the best bit of form. And I think he said himself it was 202 and he would normally hit that two or in about 260. So he obviously took a bit off and trying to keep it under the wind. But like he was kind of saying that was a 260 shot that he took on at 200 yards. Like it just shows how difficult it was. Like it really was one of the one of the best shots I'd say he's ever hit. And he said himself the, the approach in the 17 with the five as well. Like as far as shots of the year for him so far, they're, they're absolutely right up there. Um, but yeah, it was just, it's nice to see him kind of, I guess, go out, go out and try and win it. Like if you put Tiger in that position, taking a four iron, just short of the green and then playing for a playoff doesn't happen. So it's nice to see McIlroy kind of, I guess, have that kind of mindset as well going into, going into this week. Um, <clears throat> I was an amazing tournament. Like again, I think the, the whole world, as much as, the golf world gets behind McIlroy and wants to see him kind of bounce towards uh, open week and try and end it. And nearly a 10-year drought in the majors. Um, I think everyone wanted Bob Mack to, to win. And I think he said there, Colin, it's the it's not necessarily it's winning your, your national open, but it's all the perks that come with winning that, including the the kind of two-year exemption on tour, obviously the crazy money. But yeah, he is still um up to third in the European rankings. So the, the whole conversation kind of earlier on this year at the start of the season was he's a past winner at Marco Simone where the Ryder Cup's going to be on in Rome. Going into that event then, he was hot stuff. It's like, can he do back-to-back and say he needs to be a guaranteed pick for, for September? Um, but he has kind of fallen by the wayside and like to see, see him back uh, kind of playing proper golf and then pulling off shots like he did on 18. It's, it's, it's yeah, I, I'm delighted for him because I don't think there's a person out there that that has anything bad to say about him, but no, it's a uh, yeah, it's after teeing us up beautifully for um for for this week. Um, the only kind of guy I was a bit disappointed with because I probably had some money on him was Hatton, who I think bar the absolute disgraceful kind of putt, I think it was around thirteen, where he. I don't know. Did you see it? He he missed like oh, literally a three footer from where. Did you see his reaction to it? Like oh. I know he is a moany guy, but I I actually just took note of it at the time. I was like, is he being worse this week? And and maybe it's because of the wind and the links conditions and him just blaming more things. 
but he was so moany. Yeah, like to to let obviously at the at the moment he was, and then what he went on finished three over for the last for the last five or six with the with a double on on seventeen. So like I don't know how like he's been so consistent this year and he's playing so well that it's amazing to see someone at that kind of near not peak their powers but like playing unbelievable golf let something like that get to them so much so he was uh he was he was on track for a good week and on track for a a, a, a potential pick um for the open but yeah just happened was a was a bit of a disappointment um but no can't take away from the i actually would love to play off would have been unbelievable and that would have been good yeah I mean, between McElroy just being the, the i guess the, the night and shining armor of the the pga dp world tour and then the the homeboy would have been a great watch but no delighted for McElroy and um, bouncing into this week and yeah McIntyre he's obviously he's won before but um i no doubt he'll pick up a scottish a scottish open win in the years to come what did uh what do you make of the golf course dave i know you were chatting beforehand that it wasn't really a full full links test but what what did you think of it as the week played out i think the uh I think the golf course was saved a lot by the conditions. I think people will remember this very fondly because of the way that it played over the weekend. Like, if you think it's 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 quite rare that you would see tee times pulled forward on both Saturday and Sunday, um, because of potential conditions that were coming in in the afternoon, and also they were tough enough as it was. As as McElroy said, like it's, as Eric Cooper mentioned about McElroy, like you know, is playing into a sixty-yard wind essentially on eighteen, um is it you know incredibly difficult conditions um i think it created a lot of drama i think it highlighted how good McRoy's finish was i think it highlighted how good mcintyre's back nine was um rather than the course itself i mean i think it's a fine course but that's about as far as i go with it i'm just not sure with all the options similar to the discussion that we've been having about ireland and choices about the k club and and things and this that and the other i think there's a there's a corporate element to this place, and I'm not sure that you know the Scottish authorities are picking the best golf course to host or open on. But you know, this is a country that held it at Loch Lomond for a number of years when you know they literally have their choice of links courses. So I'm not so sure that the people who make these decisions are are always making them for the right reasons. Yep, had a bit of a had a bit of a hand in designing some of the holes. Well, like as in to, like kind of touching up the holes the last few years. Obviously, did it to his advantage anyway. <laughs> didn't didn't fare too badly. He did very well. Although it was disappointing to see him kind of dropping off a little bit towards the end. Um, he was looking pretty tasty for a while. But um, speaking of golf. Sorry, just what? even on that did you see what he I think he had an interview yesterday he said he might change his uh, his tour schedule a bit now because um, I, I don't know who asked him or who said it to him but he's like you can win a Champions event tour in 10 years time you can't win a PGA Tour event in 10 years time and you have the game to win it so I think he's going to alter his season next week to focus more on the PGA DP World Tour yeah I think it, it was an or it was um, I think a question that was asked during the week after he had kind of put himself in, into a um, decent spot, maybe after the Friday or Saturday. And I think the reporter was kind of asking him along the lines of like, you are genuinely in the mix for Ryder Cup. Like, what are you going to do? And I think if I'm right, if we're talking about the same interview, did Harrington say that 
after the week, he's going to have a chat with Donald and see if he was basically in his in his plans or not. <laughs> Some crack. <laughs> yeah, but oh. it's a genuine thing. I mean, like, I, I he obviously didn't uh, sustain his challenge over the weekend, but like, he is clearly good enough to compete with these lads. And obviously, we'll see how we go at the Open this week. Um, yeah, I know we've talked about it a bit before. Be good to see it. Um, right, the Open quality best week of the year. I know Dave and Joe, you're both heading to Hoy Lake, which would be class. Um, so Hoy Lake as a as a golf course. So going back, there's some decent winners here. Tiger and Rory have won the last two. Um, some of their names have won here: Walter Hagen, Bobby Jones, which are obviously uh, titans of the game. And then Fred Daly from Northern Ireland won his Open here, I believe, in 1947. Um, I think when Tiger won in 2006, it was very soon after his dad had died. Um, but the course was parched, playing very firm and fast. And I think I was reading he only hit one driver all week that week. But um, Joe, it's not it's not at the same level of fame as St Andrews and Carnoustie or whatever, but it does seem like a quality golf course all the same. Yeah, definitely. I I think it's you know very different to St Andrews when you think of the width of the fairways um, that you have at the old course. I think some of these fairways are you know twenty five thirty yards <clears throat> wide. Um, that's probably on the on the bigger side. <clears throat> the the internal out of bounds, I, I have been talked about a couple of times as well. Like just looking at some of the pictures of those, it it looks like daunting if you've got a if you've got a right miss. Um, it, it I think it's two yards off the fairway on the right of eighteen. Uh, they brought it in even further, and then it's the right of three, I think, as well. Uh, so yeah, it'll be it'll be very interesting to see. Like I think we're gonna get a similar um, view of the course as we did for Rory's win in uh, twenty fourteen. Um, with a couple of smaller changes, it was a set par seventy two then, but the I think the par five tenth is now a par long par four, and so so that's probably to be factored in when you when you look at it, you know, predicting a total score, um, and obviously much has been made of this seventeenth hole that they've um, redone. Obviously, um, <clears throat> that's going to be they've they've switched. It's normally the fifteenth, so they put it to the seventeenth, but I think they've switched the direction of it as well, um, just. So the wind is more of a factor, I think. Um, and a lot of people are saying it is going to be a big factor. Um, I saw Billy Foster said it was a monstrosity, um, which was kind of funny. A guy has been on tour almost 40 years to say that. That's quite interesting. I think he just said it. He followed up by saying it's more just that he doesn't want to hold um, where a guy doesn't hit a bad shot to cost them the open. And I think that's, that's kind of factor here that you could get punished for, you know, not so bad a shot. Um, I don't think there's a bailout area as such. I think, like, you've got a green and then everything seems to camber off into the, into the you know, 100, 100 bunkers that they've got surrounding the green or, you know, the dune over the back. Um, so, yeah, but for us, that's an unbelievable prospect with the guy, you know, if a guy has a two or three shot lead on Sunday and there's a there's a left to right wind, um, you know, it's only 135 odd yards, but, you know, if the wind is up, that could be, that could, could be someone, very... could make a, someone could make an eight or a bloody ten on it. Mm. I, I, I don't know if anyone saw there's this video, a good video on Sky Sports, uh, with 
uh, Wayne Riley, Radar and Iona Stevens. And they were showing that hole. And it's mad because it's got like, so it's a raised green and then it's all runoffs, as you say, but all the runoffs kind of go into bunkers. But there's this bunker short and it's going to cause absolute carnage because it's a big runoff off the front, like I think 10 yards, then a really steep bunker. So it's hard to probably describe, but you, you'll, you'll know when you see it. Like ball goes in that bunker. You have to play a high and very long bunker shot to carry it. So there's going to be so many lads that go in that bunker that like hit an okay bunker shot out and it just comes back to their feet. And then sure, it could obviously land in their footprint or whatever. I'd say there's going to be huge numbers uh, made on yeah. that side. Yeah, yeah, I actually saw that video as well. And I think she even threw it out of the bunker and, you know, got to the front edge and, and just rolled straight back in. Now, the only thing is, like, I can only imagine if we had the 2006 conditions, uh, you know, when, when Tiger won, this would be an absolute death trap. Like, but I, I'd imagine, you know, with a bit of moisture, maybe it reduces it a bit and um, the kind of severity of it. But, uh, Really exciting. And then, you know, 600-yard par five, as I said, with that internal out of bounds um, going up the right side. Uh, will be an in- It'll be an interesting finish, I think, definitely. Um, so, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a very interesting prospect, kind of another sort of open course. As you said, it's only, this is only the third time it's hosted since 1967. So, um, if we were to have a, you know, a, a champion of the caliber, the last two, Tiger and Rory, um, It'd be a it'd be a pretty nice week. So I think main main thing just seems to be stay out of those pop bunkers, um, plod your way around. Like I think depending on the wind, you'll see a lot of um three irons, two irons, kinda like like you said, Tiger only hit one one driver says and six. It won't be fast enough to hit, you know, probably one, but I think um someone who misses those bunkers off the tee is gonna be someone who's gonna be in very good position on on, on Sunday. They are they, they do just on, on that seventeen. It does look like an interesting prospect, but like you know, it's not it's hardly you know it's hardly unprecedented. It just looks a bit more. It just looks a bit like the Pulse's champion troon. I think it's probably maybe where it's placing around being on being the seventeenth that maybe he's making people nervous. And you know, the likes of Billy Foster, I guess he has so much um, so much scar tissue from being Thomas Bjorn's caddy. Um, when when Bjorn imploded on a part three leg on Sunday, that that yeah, time in. St. George's. In, yeah, he was Bjorn's caddy, yeah. Um, so he's probably maybe thinking back to some of that scar tissue. And then, like, I always find that, you know, Sky Sports videos like that with Radar, like, they're such drama queens. Like, you know, they'd be like, you know, you'd be, you'd be, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it's like, you know, they'd be saying things like, it's, it's impossible for, it's impossible for someone to get it within 20 feet from this shot. And then they just, like, you know, splash it out, bit of spin up to about two foot and move on with the par. So um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write off a bit of chaos there, but I think these things are overplayed slightly the week leading up to a major. I mean, they're trying to they're trying to sell, uh, they're trying to sell it to everybody. But it does look interesting. And one thing that you know stood out to me when I was looking <clears throat> looking into it was like the scoring was quite low in twenty fourteen. I think McElroy won with seventeen under, but I think he was he was twelve or thirteen under on the par fives alone that week. So obviously the par five scoring was very important as it often would be. For the likes of McElroy, but like just the fact that there's one less par five, and um, as Joe said, the tent is now going to play as a par four, um, and also equally, I think a bit of length added, and as Joe was saying as well, the the out of bounds and the right of eighteen being moved in, like the score might not be quite as low this time, and um, so it could, it it, it will be it will be nice to see you know kind of after after last year at St Andrews with you know 
20 under par, 21 under par leading. It would be nice to see uh, a week at the Open where, you know, perhaps the elements get involved over the weekend and, and the, the the winning score, the leading score heading into the back nine Sunday is, is, is kind of a 9, 10 under job. Yeah, well, the big thing about that uh, out-of-bounds thing being moved in is just the decision off the tee, isn't it? Because you're less likely to, to hit driver and therefore less likely to get on and two and whatever else. Sorry, Cooper, you were going to in there no no just <clears throat> to uh to today's point that's like these as we nail it there like they're trying to make they're trying to make storylines before the competitions even started like it was the exact same in lacc was the <clears throat> the 15th the 83 yard par three where they're kind of saying this is going to be <clears throat> an incredibly kind of the, the exact same story just this is this is going to destroy players rounds and <clears throat> yeah it did end up Getting a few bogeys and probably played over par on average, but it's not. Um, it didn't impact. It didn't impact on the actual storyline at the end of the day. But no, it is. Um, I think for the it's it's amazing actually when you watch the the footage of 2006, 2014. Like the the actual course gets progressively greener. So like as far as the the way the players that played in 2006, maybe they won't be too involved with the way they played in 2014. It's going to be. Probably even a different proposition again. Um, like we've we've always kind of said it when it's a, a soft golf course, there's only one man to one man to back, and like it's been raining there all week. Um, so I'd say the the camping might get a bit it might get a bit soggy outside the foot of the tent and um, for the boys in the Footjoy Village, but it's 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 definitely gonna it's definitely gonna affect it. I do agree. I think the winning score is gonna be around 12, 13. Um especially with the removed par five and like the, these out of bounds really play with players' minds off the tees. Like I can't remember what one is the one that goes around the racetrack is that's not 18. I think it's 10 maybe. I think it's um, the third. It's I think it's, I think it's, it's the third. I think it's the, it's the members first. Um, and there's, there's the huge, the huge out of bounds kind of right where I think they're putting the hospitality tent. Where it's just um, the tongue wall, right? They yeah. Kind of, so, yeah. Yeah. So, so like that, um, that's that's probably about a two thirty layup to kind of get a view in at the green. Um, like if you go two fifteen there, just to take the out of bounds more out of play, you have an impossible shot. If you go two sixty, you're into the fescue on the far side. So like if the wind is up, like it's predicted to be, like players are really going to have to think their way around this course, and it's like it's not going to be the way it was where target one drive, Rory barely touched the driver as well, but like. The, the really if the wind gets up they're gonna to have to plot the way around this course so I, I think it's gonna be an amazing watch for viewers and just hope the the sky team are i guess guiding guiding everyone through it as we as we go along it because it's going to be a very very tactical week even if it is a relatively soft golf course for an open dame dame lord dame lord davis wouldn't be great as uh, anyone around the golf course so I, uh, I don't dame, dame lord davis I don't think I'll be. I don't think I'll be missing it. I think I'll. I'll be getting more insight from talking to Joe uh, at the side of a green somewhere than uh, than you would listen to her. But yeah, like just just one more point on the the sort of like the hyping up of these courses. Like if there's one thing that I learned from, as you mentioned, Cooper, if there's one thing I've learned from LA Country Club is I'm just never ever going to pay a blind bit of attention to what the likes of Rappaport and Kyle Porter and these guys say on Twitter the week of a major because like the way that they blew up. 
LA Country Club out of all proportion was just absolutely nonsensical in hindsight. Like, I mean, they were talking about this place being totally unplayable and then it was just essentially taken apart. Um, so I wouldn't be paying too much attention to the likes of these things when it comes to 17 and uh, and, and all that kind of nonsense. Like, it, it, it's, it's a 130-yard par, par three. Like, you know, hit, hit a wedge in the middle of the green. Roy Keane over it's here, it's your job. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's your job, yeah. Hit the middle of green. Hit the middle of a green for 136 yards. Like, what are you? What are you worried about bunkers for? And um, you're gonna have a wedge, you're gonna have a wedge in your hand. But like, you know, I, I think someone said like, you, know, you could, you could end up having hit a five iron to this thing. I was like, well, like, yeah, if it's a fucking hurricane into you, if it's a hundred yards, <laughs> one of them might have hit a five iron. But I don't think it's quite. I don't think it's likely that like. I mean, we were talking about the extremes of the conditions of the Scottish Open last week. Like, it, it, as extreme as it gets, McElroy was hit, hit into a sixty-yard win. So that's sixty yards to that part three, and he's still not hitting five iron. Like, it's 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 utter nonsense. To be fair, like it's a small little part three, hit the middle of the green, two puts and move on. <laughs> That is that is such a good point, though, Dave. I was so I remember in the run up to the U.S. Open, even the fucking like start of the year, looking at LACC, this is going to be the best major ever, and yeah, just torn apart. To be fair to Roy Liverpool, though, like it, I, I didn't actually realize it's it's one of the most kind of um, it, it's hosted the most one of the most um, British Opens. Like I think this is the thirteenth uh, edition here now, and it's actually where Ben Hogan finished his Grand Slam. Um, oh, okay. Add adds even more significance to the place, but when I was reading through it um, from videos, not from this year, but um, there was guys talking about it as if it was the most significant golf course in English golf, just historic uh, or historically, and in terms of the influence it had on the rest of England. So, like, it's it's amazing that it has only hold. I guess, yeah, as Joe said, it was a thirty-nine year gap there between holding them so whether it was politics or they were changing up the course not sure what they were doing but um yeah hopefully it's a hopefully it's actually a great week not a pre-hyped week and it's uh if it is it's hopefully on the calendar a bit more especially off the caliber as a winner that's given us already mm. oh yeah just just to be clear i think i think royal liverpool is is going to be a great watch and i think like the core of course that brings champions to the fore the way it has not just tiger and rory but walter hagen and um, and these guys back in the day, like it's, it's not. I, I'm not. I'm not comparing it the course itself to an LACC. I'm more talking about, you know, Probably. be careful. Be careful what nonsense that you fall into listening to um, this week with people trying to sell it. But Dave, so actually, just on these golf courses, so you you're a man who does um, make the pilgrimage across to the Open most years, and obviously work with Russian on as well. Which course that you've been to was the best? Do you reckon? I think it's. It, it, I'd find that hard to comment on, like, it's like some some that's good from a spectator's point of view, and what's good from a golfer's point of view are probably two different things. Because like, if you if you're going like like for example, like like Troon is is fantastic from a spectator's point of view because it's it's one nine out and another nine back in, so like you can almost take a walk down the middle of the two nines and and watch golf the whole way, um. Whereas, like in in some respects, Port Rush wasn't as good from a spectator's point of view. But I think, like, if I wanted to play one of those courses, I'd want to play Port Rush, you know, far more than I'd want to play Troon. Um, but it it kind of it, it's like anything with with Lynx Golf. It kind of depends on it. Kind of depends on the the elements and the and the conditions. Like because 
you can get you can get blown off these places, but then equally, if it's if it's benign conditions, if it's sunny, and I think this week's going to be a nice mix of the two actually by the looks of the forecast. Like if it's benign, some of them can take it to take it to pieces. But I think from I think genuinely, and this is not even with the Irish hat on, I think just from a from a like I suppose from from just looking at it as being so spectacular and just like just so rugged and 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 links and link style kind of what you imagine your mind's eye court rush is probably the best one that i've been to but that like having said that true was probably the best spectators to experience just because of the the ease of 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 movement between holes and the amount of golf that you got to see as a result be very cool to play a few of them on the road wouldn't it um okay rory so obviously we've talked a little bit about him um with the Scottish Open last week. He's cancelled his press conference, which I think is a great thing. Uh, I just saw a little interview with him, though, where he said that uh, he thinks it's he's actually more passionate now to win majors than he was back in 2014. Joe, like, incredible preparation coming into the week. You said at the start that there was going to be hype around him regardless. So, uh, given, you know, Coming in his general form, coming onto the only golf course that he's actually won the Open, um, turned up a notch with last week, but definitely something you would rather have having won last week. Yeah, yeah, I am definitely gradually falling into the to the Rory trap um, that we've we've fallen into over the last years. No, I think all of the factors, you know, as you said, like he's won here. Um, his current form, you know, his close calls um, indicate, you know, like he, he's obviously going to be in contention, you know, um, most likely. Um, I think like some of his comments are are, are indicative in, in terms of he, he doesn't see it doesn't seem to be weighing him down from what he's saying. I'm sure I'm sure it is. But, you know, it, it's a bit of a chance to reflect probably on everything's since he's won his last major um, and he said like you know he said himself that he's had a great nine years and won lots of tournaments but the big four have eluded him and you know he knows that golfers you know even the best in the world lose more than they win you know it's a unique sport in that respect obviously um and you know there's only four of them a year so i think his comments and his comments after the us open you know when he was interviewed after he's like when I win one of these things, it's going to feel great. You know, it was, it was when, not if. Um, so like that, that kind of stuff is, is, is good. And look, I'm sure he's got, you know, he's got Bob Rotella in his ear, you know, telling him the way to think and the way to, to convince himself he's thinking. But I, I think, I think it, it, it all, it all adds up to, you know, great prospects. Um, it's just it. It's such it's it's such a weight in the shoulders, though, as well. It it really is, and as we said, it gets bigger and bigger. Um, I'd love nothing more than for him to do it. Um, it it it'd be a bit of a crime for him to go ten years without a major. I think you know, even as hard as it is to win one. Um, so yeah, like the other thing is, you know, we know Rory as a as a guy who's got to hit the ball high. You know, that's his strength. He can he can tower a four, and un, unlike any other, unlike most players can. Um, but he showed last weekend, you know, how comfortable he is hitting it low. So I suppose when you're when you're you know best ball striker in the world, one of them, um, you know, any test like that is. It, 
is all right for him to kind of live up to. So, um, so I think, yeah, Lynx golf obviously, obviously suits him, um, in, in some respects. So yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Um, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet a go from as my pick this week. Um, but I think that's just because it's a double whammy, uh, when he doesn't, when he doesn't get it done. Um, so, so yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of the, the, the best possible prep I think he can have. Um, we've said it a couple of times that like, it'd be, it'd be good if he was to win like a PGA or US Open just as his fifth, like, you know, get the ball rolling again. Um, but maybe, you know, maybe this is the one you can get it done. Cooper, are you going to fall into the Rory trap? I think a lot of people are. Um, like it's, as Joe said there, like back in back in 2014, the uh, the Open was actually on ahead of the PGA Championship, so it's not the last major he won. But if you were thinking within that kind of two month span where he won two majors, and you were told afterwards that he wasn't going to win one until 2023 or potentially beyond, like it is, it's 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 fucking mental. So there is definitely a monkey on his back. I don't think. He's uh, sorry. I don't think we're the only ones thinking that, and I'm pretty sure it's in the back of his mind too. But um, to the point of him kind of um, forgetting about the media this week, not forgetting about them, but like I think this is a new McIlroy now that, and I don't know how many times we fucking said that, but like he he's gone from kind of I guess one of his kind of main objectives is saving the PGA Tour he gets absolutely shafted and now it seems like his core focus is back on golf, which is unbelievable. Like for him, just in terms of actually going on and winning more majors, because it was, it was definitely taking up a massive amount of his kind of mental energy during the week, like having to constantly prep for these interviews to tippy toe around the right way to phrase things and how to, I guess, politically correctly, um, navigate interviews on a weekly basis. And then like, it just, it, it, it was taken away from his concentration on the course. So when we think about him now as this guy who doesn't really give a shit anymore and is literally back out there to play golf, that's the only thing that's on his mind anymore. He's completely forgotten about anything to do with the new code, the PIF, live. It's, I'm here to play golf. That's my job. Everything else is relevant. Uh, hopefully that can spur on a new uh, kind of new vein of form and particularly kind of off Scotland say the open FedEx cup Ryder cup, like it could be an amazing finish to the year for McIlroy. If, if this is kind of, if this comes true, um, yeah, like I, I won't be going for him though. Um, like I think he's as short as six to one in some places. Like it's it, for, for an open championship for a lad who, as we said, is on a nine-year major drought. It, it's very, very, um, fancy odds and, yeah, he could go out and win it. He, he could do war to war like he did at Highlight the last time. But yeah, it's um, uh, and I'd be absolutely delighted if he did do it. But I'd 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 have to avoid him because he kind of went in <clears throat> similar enough to um to to this in in the in the Masters. Maybe not as good form, but like with this kind of hype train building up around him and misses the cut. So, but you I think he learns? Like I, I think he's he is a fast learner i think that experience at the masters almost 
in the same vein that like back in when he won his first major in 2011, the previous major, he had made a balls of the Masters and then he went on and won the US Open the following week. I think he is pretty fast learner. Yeah, I'm not I'm not comparing his mental state to the Masters now because he was obviously in a very different place there with everything else going on off the course. But um, I just kind of be, be wary of any time McIlroy arrives at a tournament and the, the hype is all around him. If he had have kind of just passively gone through the Scottish Open, crept into top five, there there wouldn't be this kind of train around him. And he's just he's just not as good at kind of justifying favoritism as Tiger was, that kind of thing. So, yeah, I am. Um, I, I really hope he wins. I think he's a great chance. I think the odds are a bit short to to kind of attract you in, but. He he will he will definitely be be in the top ten or whatever how many places they're paying. So if you if you want to make two euro off a tenner, <laughs> McIlroy is probably the safest the safest shout of the week. Dave, where do you sit with him? Two lads are two lads are bottled in a bit, aren't they? Complete bottle jobs. Yeah, absolute <laughs> bottle jobs. Like, there was no, there was absolutely no, um, there was no forthrightness there whatsoever. Um, I think he's going to do it. I, so do I, I. I think he's going to do it. I think this this could be it. Um, I said the same about the Masters, though, so I'm going to have to put a huge uh, disclaimer in bright neon lights around everything I say from here on in. But I just think it's clearly a golf course that's going to suit him. He's won here before. It's There's going to be a premium on ball striking all week, as there normally is in Lynx, in Lynx Golf, but particularly here. It's going to need to drive the ball. It's going to need. You're going to need to drive the ball well. You're going to need to hit your irons well. And I just think, I just think he looks. Does I see? I personally see a difference in him last week, to to what was leading up into the Masters. Um, like he was only kind of going into the Masters with one, one two decent performances in the bag. I know he played well at the match play, for example, but he hadn't got a win. Like that's as he said himself. Like it seemed, he said in his interview last week after he won. Like it seemed like a lot longer since he'd won in Dubai in January, um, like six months ago. He seemed like you know an awful lot of water's gone under the bridge since then. The disappointment of the Masters, all the live stuff, um, the like betrayal by the PGA Tour, um, all these kind of things, and he just looks like a different man. And I liked the fact. I like the fact that he cancelled his press conference. I like the fact that he was going about it in the same way as the US Open. I think in the US Open, he didn't do a whole lot wrong. And I think last year at St. Andrews, he didn't do a whole lot wrong. And I think eventually he's going to have to be rewarded for that. Just by the balance of probabilities, if you keep putting yourself in that position, if you keep, like, it's not like he's thrown these tournaments away. In my view, at least, I think I think Cam Smith went and won it last year in St. Andrews. I think Wyndham Clark won the US Open last year, I think, or sorry, last month. Um, so yeah, I just think that if you keep putting yourself in those positions, if you keep if you keep playing the way he's been playing, if you keep treating them the same way that eventually he's going to get over the line, I think it just would be a nice story. It would be a nice way to bookend the last 10 years. Um, last one in Hoylake, move on, win 2023, and perhaps that's the turning point. I'm, I'm with you 100%. I think complete bottle job from the pair of boys. Um, I think, like using your logic there, Dave. I mean, Jack Nicholas, he won eighteen majors, but he came second nineteen times, and you know he, he was a big advocate for just putting yourself in in position. Um, I think Rory is best when he's cocky, and 
how could he be anything but cocky after what he did last Sunday to win Scottish Open? Um, he is a player that knows how to ride the crest of a wave, be that in a round, in a tournament, or or in a stretch of a season. And I really think this is it. I think um, looking at St Andrews last year and looking at what he did at the US Open, I think. St. Andrews last year was a little bit of a weak final round. He didn't make any bowls, but he didn't go out and win it. I think the US Open was a step up from that. And I think Wyndham Clark just did unbelievably well to hold on. Uh, but I think, as you say, Dave, keep putting yourself in position enough times um, and you'll, you'll walk through the door. The, the biggest risk that I see going against Rory this week is the Open is notoriously... Um, Difficult to predict in terms of the weather and the draw. I don't know what way he he sits on that. Um, there's obviously any golf tournament. There's only a certain element that's within your control. I think the Open has less within your control, just in in insofar as the the draw. Um, I don't know. I haven't even looked at what the draw is, and I don't know how it stacks up against the weather forecast. Actually, just yeah, just what? on that con, just to add to it, I think the top twelve players: McIlroy, Ram. Um and I can't remember who the third is are on the opposite to the nine other twelve, so it could be it could be absolutely pivotal if he gets the good conditions, or conversely if he gets bad and then you know your Schefflers and Brooks and uh, Cam get the get the kind of good side of it, so mm-hmm. it 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 could, it could actually be a massive factor, yeah, yeah, yeah. Normally is unless it's benign all day, which. It doesn't seem like this is going to be. It does seem like it's going to be a bit of rain hanging around the place. Um, so yeah, we'll see. But you mentioned a few of the other big dogs there, Joe. I think um, say we just bundle Ram and Scheffler as I, I for some reason like to do in my head. Um, Ram first has been quite enough the last while. He was tenth at the U.S. Open, then he missed his next cut. Hasn't played any golf since. I don't think. I know he was in Ballybunion last week. Obviously, won the Masters in April, so you wouldn't be shocked to see him turn up. But you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't really be getting behind Ram this week. No, but the the thing is, he sort of flew under the radar a bit going into the Masters as well. I think, like, just in terms of his, he had a ridiculously hot start to to the season. Obviously, won a couple of times very early. But then I, I think I remember that the, there wasn't as much talk about him going into the Masters as a couple other guys. Um, so yeah, it'd be it, like it'd be hard to know. He's he's significantly better priced than than Rory and and Scotty. I think he's twelve and and the two the two lads are seven. So um, I'm not sure there's that sort of difference between them. Um, so there, there could be a bit of value there. It's, it's just hard. Like Ram's floor is a lot lower than Rory and, and Scotty's. His ceiling is obviously, you know, as high, but he's he's a bit more unpredictable. Definitely. The other thing about Ram is as well, he's he's shown he can absolutely play links golf. He won the won the Irish Open at um at Port Stewart and Lynch, obviously. So um, that is as telling as it can get the, the only thing sometimes is when with tough conditions his patience does seem to get the better of him and you wonder you know if he racks up a, a triple bogey you know and he and he does he compound that again like you know um he's one of the best players in the world so obviously he's capable but sometimes he's a bit like oh that sort of hatton sort of um ilk in terms of 
you know, you could see them getting a bit carried away and if he gets the bad side of the draw as well. So, um, so yeah, it, I, I'm, I'm not sure, but I think, I think he is going in a bit under the radar um, this week. So, yeah, I'd agree with that. Um, the thing about Scheffler is, though, Joe's kind of given a, I think, a pretty good summary of, of where you would you would stand with Ram there. But the thing about Scheffler is, is, I genuinely think that if he puts well one of these weeks, he's going to win it by like six or seven shots, easy. Um, so that's always that's always something to factor in when you're considering him. Like he's he's still outside the world's top one fifty. I think he's one seventy five, one seventy five in strokes game putting. And pretty much number one or second to McElroy in most of the long game statistics. Um, like it's it it's it's great it's crazy uh, how high his ceiling is if he puts well. So I think that's always something to factor in, and it's just hard. It might not be necessarily the Open. It could be one of the FedEx Cup events. It could be it could be any number of things. But in the next like two three months, just the way he's playing, like I really see him walking away with something. I couldn't just just to that point, Dave. Like <clears throat> to, to to even, I think one one reason he's been playing so well. I think Justin Ray on Twitter pointed out this week, like Scheffler is making bogey. I think it's ten point one percent of the time. <clears throat> Excuse me, and the best ever score or kind of I guess record on that is Tiger at like nine point eight percent. I think the best since, and that was in two thousand. I think the best since was Tiger in two thousand six with ten point three percent. So in terms of bogey avoidance, Scheffler is currently net well. If he kind of finishes out the, the rest of the year, it's definitely going to be the best since Tiger in two thousand. But that's with him putting at one hundred and seventy fifth in the world. Like it, it's it's incredible that you can put that bad and still avoid bogeys. So it just shows how good he's striking the ball. <clears throat> like in terms of the inter, like I don't know what it it's kind of I don't know did it happen or did it start at the Masters, but like. I just remember the Wednesday of the Masters and he was basically having a scrap on the putting green with his putting coach. Like it's, it's incredible to see that kind of, um, that, that, that standard or caliber of a player struggling so much on one particular area and especially to the area that, that matters most. But if, if something just clicks, if he uses one of those new black and white Aussie putters and it, it suddenly just, suits his eye like he, he could literally win every tournament for the rest of the year and if you went back and kind of put say someone like cam smith's putter or gave cam smith all the puts that sheffler had on the greens like he could have won literally every tournament this year not every but like he could have won a good like a tiger race kind of win rate um so yeah it is it's 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 incredible it's fascinating to to, to see someone like him struggle so much on the greens um but yeah, if, if something clicks, the man could walk it. I will uh, just while kind of going over those um, <clears throat> kind of leaders in those strokes gains categories. Um, there's only one man to be in the top thirty of every strokes gain category so far this year, um, and he's not one of the top three. Any ideas who it is? Hatton. He is English. Uh, uh, Fleetwood. Fleetwood. Yeah. Really? So even though he had a relatively slow start to the year, he's kind of he's worked he's worked his way back into kind of proper form. Like and he showed that last week at Scotland as well. But overall, as far as kind of 
Um, Steady Eddie's go across every facet of his game. Tommy Fleetwood is top 30 in all the stroke scan categories, and he's the only one. So obviously Scotty would be there if he learned how to putt. But um, yeah, it's uh, just an, an interesting stack going into this week for a man who's uh, very used to the used to the Lynx golf. It was uh, I, I was actually um, looking at the English perspective here going into it. Uh, now that you just bring up Fleetwood and Hatton, I suppose. Um, I think 31 years or something like that since Faldo oh, won last English guy to do it. Um, kind of a weird barren spell of the English lads. I, I was thinking Fleetwood or Hatton probably looked the best. I was looking at Data Golf, which is um, seems to be give a better or more current picture of how everyone is playing compared to the world rankings. So Hatton is 13th in the official world rankings, but he's 6th in, in data golf. You would definitely, well, both Fleetwood, and I know, uh, Dave, you were saying Fleetwood cost you a few quid on the 18th um, last week was probably double bogey. But both Hatton and Fleetwood, you would, you would fancy to be in the mix as well. It's funny. It's funny with Fleetwood though. Like I almost expected him. He said he had a bad Thursday. I almost expected him to shoot himself into contention last week on Friday and Saturday, and then not do it on Sunday. He doesn't seem. He, he seems to be a great chaser. Like he, you'd really, you you'd really love to see him. Like if you had money on him this week, you'd love to see him like four back on Sunday. Um. I think the one that's standing out to me outside, well, the couple that are standing out to me outside of the outside the big boys are Hovland and Fowler. So Fowler, mm-hmm. for obvious reasons, he was second here in 2014 to McElroy. He's obviously back in the winner's circle recently. Um, traditionally a good links player. And then Hovland has just really, you know, really been impressive this season in the majors. And and, you know, as I say, it's 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 a ball strikers course, so it should suit him down to the ground. He seems has the mentality, and I think he's He's probably the next name that I can think of that's ready to break through the glass ceiling. I think he, he's one that possibly if he got one, he could get two or three to follow. Um, so that I think out of the, like, obviously these guys are, they're not favourites, but they're very close to it. I think outside of the, the kind of big three and the big names, maybe the, the couple I'd be maybe tempted to put a few quid each way on. Joe, has, a, has the name you're taking on McElroy with come up yet? Sorry, say that again? As the as the name you're taking on McElroy, you're not going for McElroy, right? No, I'm not. Yeah, he's come up here. Yeah. yeah, I specifically avoided him um, when prompted as well. Well, I feel it's the same guy. <laughs> let's let's do that because I know Dave, you are, are in a bit of a rush. Um, what are we saying for our picks then, Joe? Oh, it's it's Scotty, Scotty oh. on the nose. Yeah, it's it's him. He's he, like you know he's leading all those strokes gain categories. You know, if the biggest crime is Rory not winning the major in the last ten years, it's Scotty not winning you know ten tournaments this year and definitely a major. Um, you know, Cam Smith won a pretty significant tournament before the <clears throat> before the Open last year. <clears throat> the players, we all know who won the players this year. Um, Lynx Golf is a neutralizer with uh, bad putters, you know, slower greens, less break, like with wet greens. Um, and that'll lend itself to, to Scotty. I think he's going to win by four. Um, so yeah, Scotty, Scotty on the nose. I think, I think it's just, it's got, it's got to arrive at some point. Um, he's actually, 
you know, for, for his major championship performance as well, it's not like he's gone missing. He's 10th at the Masters, 2nd at the PGA, 3rd at the US Open. It's uh, something's got to give. And I think he's top five in his last seven tournaments. So, so yeah, top, no value yeah. each way, but straight on. I don't know if you mentioned it there, but like 19 top 12s in a row, or like, yeah, inside the top 12, like just insane. Nearly gone full year, not finishing outside the top 12. Um, Cooper? Yeah, no, I'd, I'd say it, it is hard to look past Scotty, but I just can't trust someone who is that fragile on the greens. Um, Ricky for me, um, 15 top 20s in his last 20 tournaments. Like, it's just a, it's the, the Ricky of old or the Ricky we always wanted to see. Um, has the has the course form, has the win under his belt. Wasn't great in the Scottish Open, which is bit of a worry. I thought he was going to be a, another top 10 there and really come into this flying. But yeah, um, Ricky, Ricky, Ricky at 20 to 1. I think uh, it's going to be the cap off an amazing year for the for the BDR. <laughs> I uh, big fan of Ricky, but Dave, what are you what are you saying? Come on, Rory, all the way. No, I'm I'm tempted to bot that now just for the laugh, but um, oh, you can't after your comments. <laughs> nah, no, I, I I I am uh, I am I'm I'm on I'm on I'm on Team Rory this year, um, or this week I should say, um, well I'm on I'm on Team Rory every week, but um, in terms of my pick, uh, it's a hundred percent McIlroy for me, and um, like obviously as I said, like Sheffer could just show up and just prove Joe Wright, which would be awful for everyone from a spectator's point of view and, and approving Joe Wright point of view. Um but uh he uh he could win it at a canter if he puts well. Um but I just think McElroy, I think it's 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 ready to happen. He's just he's he's wait he's waiting to go and, and and as long as he doesn't get done in by the weather. But I was just looking when you were talking about the draw there, I was just seeing any updates to the forecast this morning. It looks like, you know, First two days is going to be reasonably consistent throughout both days in terms of wind strength and stuff. So I don't think it's going to be one of those opens where you get done in by just being on the wrong side of the draw and you know playing you know playing Thursday afternoon versus Thursday morning just means you're you're automatically taken out of the competition. And um, so with that being said, I think I think McElroy if he just can keep his head and. Um, and just just play the way he's been playing over the last few weeks, and 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 learn from the mistakes that he's made in the past. Um, I think I think he's ready to go. Um, and then I, I I always have to throw in my my I always have to throw in my each way pick, which is going to be uh, well my outsider, which is going to be Harrington, hundred to one. Yeah, uh, as, as always, as always, he 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 the, the interview I think you alluded to earlier, Cooper, was with you and Murray in the Guardian. Um, and uh, I think that the the headline is Harrington says I'm I'm mentally physically stronger and capable of winning at Hoylake. So obviously, uh, obviously he believes it too. So I uh, who who am I to disagree with with, with Harrington? It's um, yeah, it, it'd be a brave man to, to bet against him. Like he, as he said, he certainly believes it. Um, yeah, okay. I mean, there's cases to be made all over the place. Ricky Fowler, I like. The look of I think he's twenty two in the world, but again looking at that dad golf thing, he's he's ninth in terms of playing the best golf of anyone in the world at the moment. But he just doesn't um really get it done enough for me. Uh so not gonna do him. I like the look of Xander as well, very consistent in the majors. 
Um, and reasonable record at the Open, but I'm with Dave. Uh, this is Rory. I'm bullish. It's it's gonna happen. I'm, I'm, on the nose, is it? Win, win, on win the nose. I can't. His odds are too low for an each way. None of that shite. If I'm going in on Rory, I'm going in on him. This I is... can't be. You see, you can't be financially and mentally invested in Rory. That's the issue. It's just. It's such a double whammy because if he wins, it's. Yeah, I've it's I've pondered that in. In, in the past, I generally don't back the Irish lads for that exact reason. I kind of, in my head, I think I'm going to be sporting those lads anyway. So, um, but now this is this is Rory. Um, yeah, he's just looking, yeah. looking groovy. Yeah, this week could financially ruin me. <laughs> <laughs> and not just because of the points. And mentally, I could be, if, 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 if I'm, if you never hear from me in this podcast again, you'll know, you'll know something's gone wrong with Rory at Hoylake. Yeah. Liverpool has him now. Um, and also just, just quickly, like the, the general Irish hopes, what are we saying? Lowry got a little bit of form last week. Um, Power hasn't really done much over the last while to catch the eye, but, but Lowry, maybe. My my thoughts on Larry are just simply you could insert Shane Larry's name into everything I said about Scotty Scheffler to a lesser extent because obviously yeah, it's not Scotty Scheffler but it's literally the same problem so that's that Larry could could have a sensational week if he put it um, but he's actually worse than Scheffler in strokes game putting now I know he held a few last week so hopefully he might have turned the corner but I essentially think the exact same thing about Larry's chances as I do Scheffler's. Yeah, it's good to see Power getting the all clear anyway. Um, after having to pull out of Scotland last week, um, again though doesn't have a sniff really. Um, based on his form, he's just kind of fallen off the wheel since the start of the year. But um, anyone throwing a few quid on Alex McGuire to make the yeah, course? Did, did see the, one? To see the interview with him, uh, they did yesterday about get finding his locker. Yeah, class. Yeah, unbelievable. So he. What was it? He, he he went into the locker room and it's done alphabetically most of the time. Um, but he went between Matsuyama and McIntyre. I think he was looking, you know, for his name there, no sign. He was like, oh, they've forgotten about me and went up to your man and was like, oh, come over here. And he was like, oh, there's an amateur section. Um, but it turned out they put him in the, the past champion section. Oh. Um, they obviously threw a couple of the amateur lads and it just turned out alphabetically his locker is right bang in the middle between Larry and uh, McElroy. Oh, so class. He's got a great locker for the week. So, yeah, brilliant. After winning, obviously, the um, St. Andrews Lynx Trophy qualified um, through that series. So, you know, shot 64 in St. Andrews there to, to win it. You, you could do worse, I'd say, than throw a, throw a couple of euro on him. Have, have you seen his swing? Like, he absolutely rips it. Quality golf swing. Yeah, I was watching him when he won the East. Like, he is an animal. Um, but it's not even that. Like he, he was so good that day, and Altrey as well was playing pretty tough at the rough. His scrambling was unbelievable. <clears throat> like his length actually got him into trouble a few times, going long in a few holes into the absolute shit behind the greens. But like getting up and down out of absolute no man's land, like I think that's going to play very well for him this week. He obviously doesn't have as much experience around here as he might around Baltray, being from ten minutes down the road from Baltray, but. Um, in terms of kind of the the scrambling and that links that links um, advantage, you never know. I think I think he'd make the cut. It'd be brilliant to see him make the cut. Uh, but yeah, I don't think we'll be looking at a Paul Dunn. Well, sorry, it's been done before from Paul Dunn. 
like as in getting into the mix on a on a Sunday in a major, but I don't think um yeah, I don't think he's gonna do quite that, but I hope he proves me wrong. Yeah, it'd be great to see him make the cut. Um and oh, I know we haven't mentioned Cam Smith much. I know Cooper, you mentioned him. You, you could uh first first player if he does it, he would be the first player to go back to back since our boy Harrington in two thousand and eight. Um he's playing decent as well. Right. Uh, anything else before we wrap it up, boys? Obviously, you guys are, are both heading there tomorrow. Very jealous. It'll be class for you, I'm sure. Yeah, um, the umbrella's packed. Yeah, beautiful. What's up, everyone? Con here. Cooper is running his sweepstakes for the Open this year again. It's very cool, especially for someone who likes putting a little bet on for the majors. Um, it's a tenner to enter. To enter, you go to thesweeps.io. Uh, I think the top prize is 1,000 euro. We've added a quick 15-minute section here at the end of the pod where Cooper, Joe, and myself give a quick explainer and talk through our picks for it. So feel free to stick around for these last 15 minutes if you're taking part in the sweeps this year. Cooper, you are running your sweeps again uh, for the Open, just like you did for the Masters. Give uh, give everyone just a, a bit of a, an overview as to what it is, how they sign up, and, and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, so what we've done this year is we've um, we've basically given the software to five different clubs and the three GAC clubs, a cricket club and a golf club, YMCA, cricket, um, Jermorn's GAC, Bell Mullet Golf Club in Mayo, Newtown Blues, Indrada and Julie Town Mead. And they're basically running their own individual sweeps uh, to raise money for the club. Um, <clears throat> the way it works is you go onto the sweeps.io website, which we'll have linked in the pod and you go into whichever sweep you want and you pick five players and one from each group so kind of it works as the favorites are in group one and the outsiders are in group five and each uh each player's finishing position is their total points number so if McElroy finishes third or even tied third his points are three if um <clears throat> he completely bottles it and misses the cut um, or if any of your players on the team miss the cut, your entire team is out. So it's obviously important in the earlier kind of groups to have someone finishing high up the leaderboard, but it's uh, it really gets down to the nitty-gritty when you get to groups four and five for lads 150, 200 to one, who you literally just need them to make the cut. But every year, whether it's the Masters, the Open, there's always there's always one guy in each of them groups that finishes in the top 10, even the top five. I think of Sam Bennett, three people out of 1,200 people in the Masters had picked Sam Bennett for the for the Masters sweeps. So like that was obviously a massive benefit to them and ended up helping your man win. But yeah, the the Rory's, Ricky's, Scotty's, Rams, they're all probably going to finish around the top 10. So the differentiation of points is not that big. But when you've lads 200 to 1, making a few birdies on Sunday to bring them from 60th to 60th to 35th. That's a heck of a chunk of points. So yeah, it's best to spend them a lot of time on the, on the higher groups and just hope the Favs do what they're meant to do. And I would say uh, just to, to uh, pitch this to uh, anyone I've done it the last couple of years. And it's basically, if you're like us and you're a little bit of a, uh, like a bit of a gambler, a bit of a degenerate when it comes around to the, majors and you want to throw some money on stuff obviously it's great that you can do it with your normal bookies 
but this is just a bit of a different twist because it's rather than just backing one player, you're backing a team of players that you need to do well. And obviously you can make a nice few quid out of it. So it's a nice alternative form of gambling for the majors, I would say. And obviously the benefit is that the a lot of the money's going to these gas clubs, which is cool. Well add as well, there's a there's a grand up for each sweep. So there's five thousand in total up for grabs. Um so yeah, it is. Uh, it's 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 a decent decent chunk of change, and when you do pick the team, obviously you'll you know, you'll you'll get your own account and everything, but you'll be able to follow the leaderboard live um, for the whole weekend. So again, whether it's uh, whether it's watching you're watching the golf on in the pub and you have the leaderboard up on your phone and you're in contention, it adds a adds a bit of spice to the to the open. Yeah, tasty. So uh, rather than maybe just going through everything and in my detail probably the best way to do this is just five groups why don't the three of us just pick do our our pick for each group um and that'll be it joe have you done your little team up or what are you what are you thinking oh yeah put a lot of thought into it um no the the pick start with group one yeah I've, i've gone with the same um guy i've been i've been shouting for scotty um it was uh it was very easy easy pick um I think he's top five last seven tournaments and competes at the majors all the time. Um, Strokes gained figures are off the charts, as we know well, and you need to be a good driver and um, iron player to play well here. And um, I also think just his his weakness in Putin will be will be kind of neutralized a bit this week with um, with the kind of with the greens the way they are on links course. They're not like, you know, they're not 12, 13 like you get at Augusta, you know, on the PGA Tour. So. Um, yeah, Scotty. Scotty for Group One. Okay, I'm. I've gone Rory Group One for pretty obvious reasons. I won't. I won't bore um, the the listeners. Obviously, if you just listen to the podcast, you'll know why. So yeah, I'm gone. I'm gone. Rory Group One. Cooper, who's your Group One? Yeah, sticking sticking to the the main man, uh, Ricky Fowler. Um, just again for all the reasons we said earlier, he's. I think it's uh, Ricky's Ricky's time to shine in in a major. Um, I will just add there as well that Group One they should all make the cut, but for the Masters when Rory infamously missed missed the cut, I think forty one percent of people, so forty one percent of nearly twelve hundred people were knocked out by McIlroy. So yeah, be uh, be buyer beware on the McIlroy front. I like it. Okay, um, Joe, Group Two. Um, going for Tyrrell. Tyrrell Hatton. He's playing really consistently. His his strokes gain numbers in all across the board are, are really strong. Um, and yeah, he obviously had a good showing last week as well. So um, yeah, I I'll, I'll go for Tyrrell for this one. I like it. I'm actually doing Tyrrell as well. As I said in in the pod, I think he's ranked 13 in the world with data golf. As I'm at sixth in the world, um, so I like the well. I don't like the look of him because he's a moany bastard, but he is uh, playing good golf. So yeah, Tyrrell is my group too. Cooper, very surprised, lads. Avoid avoid Mr. Larry. Yeah, well, I just don't trust him on the greens. Yeah, no, same. Yeah, no, it's um. Just for for Larry, he's he's I think he scraped into Group One in the Masters, but he's back in the Group Two here based on the odds. Um, he'll obviously be a massively kind of popular pick. Um, but going for 
as I mentioned earlier, uh, the man with the gorgeous locks, Mr. Fleetwood, um, just especially after last week. And he's kind of, he's, he is fine in his form again, but overall his numbers are just so consistent. Um, and back in, back in England now, I think uh, one of the English lads, it could be Hatton, it could be Rose, um, has a, has a big week, but I'm hoping it's Fleetwood. Okay. Now we get into the trickier stuff. Group three onwards. Um, Joe, what are we saying? Yeah, struggle to actually select this player, but um, he's very good major championship pedigree, uh, Patrick Reed. Oh, oh my God. As soon as you said that, I was like, Patrick Reed. Yeah, yeah. Hedging, he- hedging my uh, investment in, in terms of obviously, I don't want him to do well, but if he does well here, I'd be yeah. happy financially. Oh, Joe, yeah. Jesus. Cooper? Justine. Um, <laughs> no, it, it is a tricky one. Uh, there's 12 guys in this group, and like any one of them, you could have seen them kind of doing very well. Like Max Homa here, who we talked so much about earlier on the year. Jason Day was in group one for the Masters, so like to see him in group three just shows how much his form has dropped. But um, no, going for Big Bob. Um, just think he played unbelievable last week. He, he was playing so well at the start of the year, kind of end of last year. Hopefully he's found a bit of form now and got a bit of confidence so can go on and play another great week in Lynx Golf. Okay, Bob McIntyre. Um, there's a good friend of the pod, Keen Power, and his favourite player is Denny McCarthy. So for that reason, mostly, I'm going with Denny McCarthy in this group. But he's playing very well at the moment. Three three top tens in four events. Um, notoriously good putter. And uh, yeah, so I, I like the looks of Denny McCarthy in in this group slightly under the radar player not everyone i know a lot of the people who might be listening to this section aren't massive golf fans or whatever but denny mccarthy's a nice little under the radar player who i'd fancy all right joe group four yeah that reason for picking denny is as good as any um yeah. um group four i'm gonna go for yeah again it gets into a bit of a minefield here with uh with picks you're kind of almost starting to pick someone that like you reckon has a good chance of making the cut. Um, Sam Burns, I'm going to go for here. Uh, obviously, you know, big-time player, won the match play this year. Major championship record is surprisingly bad, but he seems to be starting to improve a bit. Um, obviously, made the cut last week at the Scottish as well. Um, obviously, he's part of that, that ruling um, fiasco. But uh, I think, you know, if... If he brings the game that he has to it, he's he's well able to make the cut and you know potentially get like a kind of top twenty five, and maybe starting to learn how to play the majors. So yeah, that's my Sam for me. I've gone for a slightly risky one here, um, Sepp Straka, the the man who, as you pointed out earlier, Joe, he either misses the cut or bloody wins, um, and he's probably not going to win the Open, but <laughs> that means he's probably going to miss cut. But he's. Uh, he did win very recently. Last week he won, didn't he? Um, so, yeah, yeah I'm gone. Sepp Strack in group four. Cooper? Yeah, this is a tricky one. Like, if the likes of Moronk, who's right up there in the European Ryder Cup rankings, like Kidiyama, um, Players Champ, T Gala, young, young up and comer, and then the likes of Nick Taylor, Harris English, Sam Byrne. Like, it's it. There's good players here, but it's just very tricky to try and. Um, decide for who's going to do the best out of them, and then obviously Harrington and Seamus Power. If there's an Irish angle, but 
I'm going for the the local kid, um, Matthew Jordan. Um, oh wow! He 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 joined Royal Liverpool as a member when he was seven years old, and he's going to be hitting the open tee shot tomorrow morning. Um, he's made six straight cuts on the DP World Tour, including a top ten. So he's playing great golf, and yeah, there's you can be guaranteed that no one no one knows this course as well as him. So hopefully he can he can have a have a big week at home. Okay, interesting one. And then finally, Group Five, the ultimate minefield. Joe, what are you saying? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. This was definitely just trying to pick a lad that you know will just make the weekend. Um, so gone for Ben Ann, um, who did uh, well last week, uh, tied third. Um, hasn't played a major since I think 2021. He's just kind of starting to seems to be finding his game again. Obviously, he won the the Wentworth event, the BMW in 2015, he kind of like burst onto the scene um, with that win. Um, relatively quiet, couple of years, but yeah, um, he showed last week to play Lynx Golf, so he's kind of, for me, as good a pick as any there. Okay, yeah, that is a good pick, actually, Ben Ann. Um, I have gone with your best mate, Joe, Ewan Ferguson, uh, who you famously caddied for at the... Um, <laughs> at the US amateur a few years ago. But like he's brought himself up to a, a very high level in the game of golf the last kind of two years I'd say. Um he was twelfth in Scotland, he was fourth in the British Masters just before that. So Ewan's going nicely. So hopefully he can make a cut. Um Cooper, finally to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Um <clears throat> yeah this is a, I think there's probably about fifty golfers in here, but you can disregard <clears throat> at least half of them. Um, yeah, it's uh, there's, a, there's a few good ones. Ben Ann is definitely one I was looking at. Um, even Paul Yannick, or Yannick Paul, sorry, keep mixing it up. Um, like, he's actually ahead of Moronk. He's fifth in the European Ryder Cup rankings. Um, so he's playing really good on the GP World Tour. Uh, just not sure he'll translate it here. Uh, Guido Migliosi, another guy. Like, these are lads who, this is kind of one of their last main shots to show that they can put it up to the PGA Tour guys and um, when they come across the water so it's a big week for a lot of them um, and then obviously Alex McGuire will be a, he will end up being a popular pick just by default but I've gone for um, who, a lad who recently has started getting slagged for a very slow play uh, the lefty Brian Harmon um, he's his last two opens he's finished 6th and 19th and in his last three events, he's been 12th, 9th, and 2nd. So he's he's so underrated. He always is underrated. I usually pick him for this for the Masters as well because he, he normally does quite well in it. He at least makes the cut. But just what we were chatting about earlier and <clears throat> just the Scotty Scheffler bogey avoidance, it, one of the only fellas to be ahead of him on that list is Brian Harmon. So he doesn't make... Uh, a kind of flashy amount of birdies, but he just is such a steady golfer. And I think if he can if he can translate that here in a very windy windy week in in Hoylake, it could be a it could be a really good really good value at I think he's about what three hundred to one. So yeah, um, Brian Brian Harmon to wrap it up. Cool. Well, enjoy the sweepstakes, everyone. Hopefully that's useful for you if you're making some picks and you're you're tossing around a few ideas. Um, enjoy the open and we will chat to you next week.